Welcome to the Defining Leaders podcast. Defining Leaders was founded by the idea that together is better. We started as a virtual community that worked together to help develop and lift each other up, helping to boost one another's careers and make work a better place to be. We wanted to grow that community, so we decided to bring it here. I'm your host, Kristen Gupta, the connector of people. And this is Defining Leaders, where together is better. Welcome back to our Defining Leaders podcast. And today we have a very special event under our authentic leadership umbrella and a very special guest with us, Lori Chamberlain. Lori, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Kristen, for having me. I love it when you ask me to do things like this. <laughs> well, we love having you. Uh, for our listeners, Lori is actually the CEO of my organization. Uh, I call it my day job, where I'm an executive recruiter that specializes in human resources. Lori has headed up our organization, which it's, it's changing names so rapidly, I can barely keep up with it, Lori, but soon to be fully moved over to LHH Solutions. And there's a lot of different organizations to help you with any recruiting needs under that umbrella, from supply chain to accounting and finance, to human resources, to marketing, to legal, all across the board. So one of the interesting things, Lori, that I find with you is when you took over this side of the organization, which was in the end a lot more challenging than you expected, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That would be an understatement, I think. So I took this role and I was really excited about it because I had a background both on the finance and office sides of our house and the legal side of our house, but I'd always focused on one or the other. And this was an opportunity for me to do both. But then three months into the role, COVID happened. Right. So Lori took over the president position in January of 2020 and thought, well, great, I know this, I've got it under my belt. And then all of a sudden COVID happens and we have to shut down our offices and we have to figure out a way to make recruiting work in this whole new world of normal. And I was impressed, Lori, by how you handled with poise and tact everything that was thrown at you during this time. We had to make some really tough decisions of letting some of our great people go that we had just hired. We had to really cut some of the fat in the organization as well, which I know was not easy. Since then, we've had to close nearly all of our offices, even though we've grown our teams because we're all working from home at this point, which I think is wonderful and we've got that flexibility. But you've had to make some really difficult decisions along the way. So being impressed by you, I invited you to join us for our very first Authentic Leadership event where we gathered together directors and VPs and presidents from local Milwaukee companies. And you spoke about reinventing normal back in October of 2020. And we talked about how all of these changes were happening and how you can roll with these punches and how reinventing normal can be a good thing. And we can find a silver lining in this. And then I reapproached you this year because I was like, well, a lot has changed again. And we didn't (laughs) expect it to continue this long with everything that we face. So can you readdress this topic and talk to us a little bit about what you've learned from this executive position 
since you've been there. And you delivered a wonderful message to our authentic leadership community, but we wanted to share it on the airwaves to our listeners as well. So can you tell us a little bit on on your thoughts of reinventing normal and how important that is to our organizations today? So I've been in recruiting and staffing for 22 years. And in the last two years, there's been more change than in the first 20. So, and I think that's not just for our organization, it's for every organization. I was reflecting on this with with some folks that a year ago, people were just starting to get vaccinated who chose to get vaccinated. If you look at, um, you invited me that October of 2020, the vaccine didn't even exist yet. Right. So, So, wow, has a lot changed. So I think you're absolutely right that it's been a whirlwind in terms of the amount of change. And really, it takes about six weeks to create a habit. And we've now been working remotely and in this new world. And and I don't think we're ever going to return to what it was pre-pandemic. So what what I spent a lot of time thinking about and reading and asking questions about are, are three things about reinventing normal and how people feel about the workforce. And there's been a lot of discussion about the great resignation. In our organization, we like to call it the great reevaluation because I think that's really what people are doing. They're reevaluating their life from three perspectives. Number one, what kind of flexibility have they had and what do they want? Number two, do they have a sense of purpose? either in their individual work that they do for an organization, or do they believe in the purpose of the organization? And it can be either one of those things, but people are looking for purpose. And then the third is overall wellness. And and I think that the pandemic really got a lot of us off of this highway of our kids being in every club and having every spare minute filled up and going to every movie opening and every new restaurant in town And life got really, really quiet. And for some people, they became complete workaholics with the absence of everything else. And they're reevaluating that now because it's not sustainable. And for others, they like the balance of more time with family and a bit quieter of being really choosy and purposeful in what matters to me and did all of that matter Maybe I'm a foodie and I can't wait to get back to restaurants, but do I ever really love going to all those movies too or whatever it might have been? Right, exactly. And so many of these are companies, you've got people in, in multiple camps as well. You've got some yeah. people in Wisconsin, we have a lot of manufacturing companies. And so they yeah. struggle with this idea of flexibility. What does that mean? Right. Right. Uh, And many of them think flexibility means 100% hybrid. That's not necessarily the case for some of these companies, right? What have you seen companies do that's a little bit creative in that space to create some flexibility for their employees? So I think flexibility can mean a variety of things, but in part, it is even the flexibility of having an open dialogue and conversation and seeking feedback. I'm seeing more and more employers seek feedback. If you think about it, at the height of the pandemic, who were our heroes at that time? They were essential workers. They were people in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. They were um, delivery drivers. They were um, healthcare workers. They were grocery store clerks. Like the people that we all considered heroes during COVID completely changed from what it had been before. So I think there's this new um, shift where 
employers and employees are appreciating each other in a different way and opening up a dialogue about what does flexibility mean? For some, flexibility may not be mean, to your point, working from home 24-7, and it may not be they even have a job that can do that, but it might mean a job share, or it might mean some more hours off, or a different kind of workload. We're seeing a lot of discussion about a four-day work week without necessarily less hours, but a four-day work week. So I think the flexibility is even the flexibility in opening up the conversation after decades of a 40-hour Monday through Friday work week that typically morphed into 50, 60 hours. Right. (laughs) In this generation that's coming into the market as well, our next Authentic Leadership event is going to be students coming in and talking about what they're looking for in their next employer. And what a lot of them are telling me is that fulfillment piece is I want to feel like I'm making a difference in the organization that I'm working with, either at the back end, whatever product they're making, or that I'm making a difference and an impact on the world. Like they want to put their stamp on this world. How do our companies gear into that direction, especially those that might not feel their end product is making a difference? How do they paint that visionary picture for their employees when maybe they've never done something like that before, Lori? Right. It's a great question. So there's an interesting story about President Kennedy wanted to create an American pride. And one of the things that he wanted to do was put a man on the moon. And so he visited NASA and asked a janitor, tell me what you're doing over there. And he said, sir, I'm helping put a man on the moon. And so everybody at NASA, regardless of role, knew that they were putting a man on the moon. That's a purpose that many of our organizations can't say that we're trying to do. (laughs) I'm not trying to put a man on the moon. But I think that every company can find purpose in what they do. Otherwise, they wouldn't exist. So if the purpose is providing energy for homes, if the purpose is, I talked to somebody from a, a popular um, photo company that does photo books. I won't say which one because I don't want to. I don't want to offend any of your listeners if they work for a different one. But <laughs> she was saying that that their purpose is how important photos are from a memory perspective, and that with with digital platforms for taking pictures on phones and everything else, that if somebody goes to the effort of making an album, it's got to be perfect. Because it's for somebody's birthday or it's for an anniversary or it's for the birth of a child or it's a major life event. And so that's the purpose for that company that gets everybody behind it, even though it's not putting a man on the moon or, or curing cancer. So, so I think that companies, all companies have a purpose of what are they doing for society as a whole, even if it's not something that might sound specific to the headlines of today, but almost every company can find their purpose. And then the other thing is to help individuals find their purpose within the organization. So I'm not a scientist and I have a girlfriend who is a scientist. If you put me making incremental progress over years towards something, that would not be fulfilling for me. But for her, it is amazing when she has these minuscule breakthroughs because she's one step closer to the purpose of what she's trying to accomplish. So I think I think purpose is different by the individual. Oh, agreed. I think we talked last time about how I'm, I'm currently reading the book Radical Candor by Kim Scott. I love that I think book. It's yeah. great. It is a great uh, book. 
And one of the things that she talks about at one point in her book is a story of these three bricklayers. And she gets this, I think, from a TED Talk or something like that. So it's not something that she came up with herself, but she comments on it. And a man is having an interview with three bricklayers. And the first bricklayer that he talks to, he asks, what are you doing? And he says, I'm laying bricks. The second bricklayer that he talks to, he asks, what are you doing? And he says, I'm building a wall. And the third bricklayer that he talks to, he says, I'm building a cathedral where people can come and worship the God that I love. And what Kim talks about is so many of us in this story think only of that third bricklayer and his dynamic sense of purpose. But there are places for those first two bricklayers as well that she talks about. And they also have their own sense of purpose, even if they're vision is maybe a little less and we need to make room for them too, not just the person that's building the cathedral. Because if we're only looking at the person that's building the cathedral, we miss 66% of the workforce as well. Right. You know, there are some people I know that have a real company pride, not in necessarily what their company does, but in the livelihood it has given for their families and their children. Yeah. So I have a friend that um, is very generous. And whenever we've been invited to do things with them, and of course, we say thank you, and we have our children say thank you. And we're always very appreciative of, of their generosity. He always says, don't thank me, thank my company, because my company has afforded me opportunities. And that's just part of his DNA that he recognizes that he's been afforded opportunities in his organization through hard work and effort that he has been able to give back to friends, loved ones, charities, and but he doesn't ever, he, he's not, he doesn't act entitled about it. He's really, really appreciative and has a gracious heart about it. Now, Lori, I, I want to take a minute to talk about this third component that you talked about, because this is top of mind for almost everyone with this great p- pandemic that we're going through, and yep. that is wellness. I've seen so many articles out there about parents leaving their jobs because of wellness for their children. I know that for myself and my husband, we work from home full time and we made the conscious choice not to put our two-year-old back in daycare, which, I mean, she joins us for half of our conference calls. You've met her in the past, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, And that for us has been an important factor. Like we would not take a job if we didn't have that capability at this point. And that would be a conscious choice. Not everyone is able to make that choice. But I also know that wellness has become very, very important to many people, including many of our listeners. Can you talk about how some of your companies have geared more towards that as well, and maybe made some changes to help their employees with that aspect. Yeah, I think that there are some companies who are setting parameters in place of, I've seen email responses that say, I work these hours, please feel free to respond to me during your working hours. And so even something as simple as that is really encouraging Not that I'm going to be disruptive to you and not get back to you, but my working hours may be different than yours. And so if you get an email from me over the weekend, I don't want to ruin your time off if that's your time off. So I've seen some things like that. I've also seen really an appreciation for mindful leadership and mindfulness in the workplace. And and I know that that's important to me and to many um, 
many folks that are a first name basis in our household. Uh, Shaq O'Neal is a big meditator. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, Oprah, there's all kinds of people who are meditators. And I think that there's this this preconception that it's you got to go sit in a field somewhere and and have some beads and a, a white robe on and have complete silence around you. But really, mindfulness can be even taking a few deep breaths and recognizing that you're feeling stressed and giving yourself a moment. And that moment can literally be three breaths. So it's not disruptive. It's not time consuming. It's just recognizing where you are and whether you're above the line or below the line. And I think that I've seen a lot more organizations embrace that kind of training for their leaders and for their for their um, employees that mindfulness doesn't can make a massive mental shift and doesn't have to be something that's so crazy out there and medicine or something that people can't get behind or a religious cult of some sort. It's not. It's it's very much about just taking that breath and taking that minute for yourself. Yeah, I love that, Lori. And having a culture that supports that within your organization. I know one thing that we've implemented is workout Wednesdays. And every every Wednesday one of our executive leadership talks about it or participates in it, which I think is significant too, because any change also has to start at the top and include feedback from the players at, at the ground level as well, yeah. which yeah. makes a significant impact or at least listen to the players at the ground level. One of yeah. the things that I've appreciated that we've done, which can also be challenging to get that feedback, <laughs> is we've included a lot of surveys. We've yeah. done a lot of surveys, but then we also, I love this with our surveys that every time I comment on something, one of my leadership will comment back. Mm-hmm. So I know that they've heard me and that makes right. a big difference. And it makes me actually want to a comment and b fill out that darn survey. Right. 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 But me knowing that I'm heard and knowing that, you know, what I'm looking for is significant in a larger or smaller organization too. So right. kudos to you on that. Cause I'm sure you've helped to lead some of that too. <laughs> well, I think I, I appreciate that. I think that a lot of organizations are doing that and, and it isn't just lip service. I think that if you're going to survey people, you have to be prepared for what they say and ready to take action or not take action, but explain why you're not taking action. I mean, I, I think in any organization, you're going to have 20% at any given time, who thinks that things are the greatest they've ever been. 60% are along for the ride and hoping it works out. And 20% are the vocal hostile. <laughs> so you're, <laughs> and that can switch depending on the issue. If I said tomorrow, we're all going back to the office, there would be 20% who would applaud it. 60% would be like, I'm not sure what this means. And 20% would be downright hostile. And so that's something that I think we all need to recognize of how do we make room for 100% so that really happy or the really unhappy on either side don't weigh out what's right for the majority of the organization. And, and can you make room for everybody or can you quiet the noise and really, again, not play to favorites? Because depending on the issue, again, like the work from home issue is a big issue and we have a very divided opinion on it. All stars, believe it or not, we have this company trip, as you know, that that our best people get to go on that we've not been able to have for the last couple of years. I recently got some feedback from some folks that do not want us to go back to all stars. They just want high five points. 
I think they're in the minority, but we're going to have to now survey people on it because right. what if that's the majority opinion? So, so you, you shouldn't survey unless you're willing to listen to what the answer is, <laughs> even if it's surprising. Right, exactly. And you don't know, like we can make yeah. a lot of assumptions, yes. but you don't really know what your audience wants unless you ask. Right, so, right. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I know that a lot of our organizations, and that's what brings up this whole point, have been through a little bit of whiplash too, with <laughs> yes. all of the changes that we've had to face from the great pandemic to the great resignation, or what was the term that you put on the great resignation? Reevaluation. I love that because in yeah. 2020, as a recruiter, I can tell you from my perspective, I had hundreds of people coming to me needing help because they had lost their job. Hundreds of people came through Defining Leaders. In fact, we've now had 1,400 people come through our Defining Leaders community, and right. we've helped them in some way, whether it's been making better leaders or helping them find a new job. Over 800 of our attendees have moved on to a new position after so coming crazy. through our process, and I love that. But also, after 2020, we had 2021, which was the one of the toughest markets we've ever faced for recruitment in my entire history here, and I believe in yours as well, and we both have yep. some pretty significant history when it comes to yes. recruiting. <laughs> and we face this, like, just turn around from one extreme to the other. And 2022 has just been a continuation in that standpoint. But also some changes, meaning the people in 2021 that see what this market looks like, they know that they can ask for more. They know that there are opportunities out there that are going to provide what they're looking for. Don't provide lip service to it, please. Don't like right. promise the world and not deliver. Yeah. But know that some things have to change in order to attract and keep this talent. Because if you think that everything is going to go back to normal, there's no such thing anymore. Right. There's not. And I think one thing that's tough for leaders right now is what's sustainable. So one of the things that I get asked questions about for our town halls is the profitability of the organization. And one of the things that I want everybody to remember is just like you have a savings account for a rainy day or a fund for your children's educations or whatever it might be, We've got to maintain a certain level of profitability for those rainy days. And that actually helped us sustain ourselves during the pandemic. So it doesn't go in my pocket. It, it goes into the company coffers because we want this to be a sustainable organization for the future. And I think there's always kind of this push and pull between um, sharing everything, but also being prudent as a business leader. So I think that's that's the challenge that a lot of us have right now is how do we make this an organization that gives you flexibility, gives you purpose, cares about your well-being, gives you economic ability to, to provide the things that you want for your future while also being sustainable? So, yes. Because I want to give everybody the world. Topic. Yeah, yes. I want to give everybody everything I can, but I also need to regularly put my hat on of, is this sustainable? You're very right in that, Lori. Every every other week or so, I, I get a leader of a small, maybe solopreneurship opportunity or something like that, call me and say, I moved too far too fast and it's because I like people. And now I have a payroll I can't maintain, right? And help me find a real job so that I can pay this payroll. And I'm like, hold on. 
certain yeah. other things have to change first. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. you need to lay some people off and maybe that's right. what's best for them too, not just for right. you. And these were some hard decisions that you had to make and that others maybe have to make as well. And in the end, it might be what's best for everybody because they know what you're struggling with as yeah. well. Uh, yeah. And let them find the right seat for them so that they don't yeah. sit in this as well. It's a really good point. I think um, I've talked to some folks that really have been in that exact same struggle that you just talked about. That example is very real. And so, yes, of course, that it's easy to say certain business leaders are just selfish or hungry or whatever. And I'm not saying there aren't those people out there that exist. They do. And if you're working for somebody like that, get out because there's there's kinder, gentler people out there that want you to be successful. But but I think that um, it's a really good point. I, I One of my family members recently lost their job because their company had done so much to sustain them during COVID and couldn't afford it because they didn't have the revenue coming in. And so the company shuttered its doors. And that's also heartbreaking. So so, you know, it's it's always. It's really an interesting time in our in our history. Is history books are going to be written about this time for sure. Yeah, agree. So ending on a good note, there's yes. a lot of silver lining when it comes to everything that we faced and I think this shakeup for companies even though it's been certainly a shakeup for many of us in the end is a good thing because we've been forced to make some changes that maybe needed to happen. And forced to reevaluate our businesses as well as our careers. And I think a lot of people are starting to focus on themselves and what's best for them versus just having a job. And there's a difference. And people are starting to see that there is. I see that as a silver lining for sure. Awesome. I, I totally agree with you, Kristen. One other thing I would say is if you find yourself saying, I get to instead of I have to, then you've probably found the right fit. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lori, for joining us today. Great conversation on reinventing to come back. So so lovely to be with you. And Kristen, congratulations on all your success and your listeners. and, And I wish you all the best. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for Defining Leaders, where together is better. Become a part of our community where you can find out more about defining yourself as a leader. The link to join is in the show notes.